The Wonder Files The Giant Weta My writing, it turns out, draws her inspiration from the natural world, from the sphere of the non-human, the fascination with the animal and the arboreal. I spend many moments reading facts of wonder, learning about the movements and the magic of the landscape around me, of the creatures within it, and finding those understandings enriching my own life. The Wonder Files is an extension of that fascination, a gentle call to activism and to care, a weekly love letter that I share with you of a creature or a plant that's caught my interest in the hope you'll find them as wild and wonderful as me. Wonder, I believe, is a portal to care. To hold and grow a sense of wonder leads to love, to kindness, to respect and admiration. When we see something with wonder, we're moved to protect it, something the world around us could use a little more of. So here you are, with me, for the Wonder Files. I hope you delight in them as much as I do. The Giant Wetter It's summertime. I know this because the calendar tells me that's the case. It's January, and in the Southern Hemisphere, that means short sleeves and T-shirts. It means stone fruit that leaves stains around your lips and the lusciousness of languid weather that frames all activity within the context of being slightly easier. Except that it's not. Summer, in my little corner of New Zealand, is more of a suggestion than a certainty. The change in light is something to rely on. The change in temperature, not so much. This year, we've taken liberties to push our suggestion of summer out by weeks or even months. Summer comes slightly later here, we tell ourselves. It really doesn't kick in till after Christmas. When Christmas comes and summer doesn't, we remark how it seems to be that we're caught in an easterly flow. That when the air currents change, we'll find the sun hiding just behind it. That actually... Autumn is the best season anyway. Such is the constant optimism of unsettled weather types. Here, on the edge of my tidal estuary, the energy of air abounds with a certain meteorological fierceness, lending a vibrational pulse to the surrounds that stings the cheeks with an inherent sense of aliveness. My ability to embrace our changing weather patterns sits Stubbornly alongside my desire for the sun, for a natural warmth to first start at my skin, seeping through to my blood, warming me to the marrow of my bones. I peer outside thinking this seems like a lot to ask. To be a part of this landscape, to be a part of this place, requires a level of flexibility that for humans might mean starting in a t-shirt holding the possibility that progressing to a jacket within the hour sits within the likely and expected. For animals, the true wanderers of the elements, this translates to something quite different. A level of adaptability that leaves their human neighbours reeling in their dust. And the giant wetter, the largest insect on the planet, 
holds the gold medal standard of possibility for this prize. A creature that can literally die and bring her or himself back to life. A creature whose capacity to weather the changing storms is something I constantly aspire to. If you aren't familiar with the wetter, a good point of reference would be to think of a cricket or a grasshopper. A distant relation to the giant cricket species found in Africa, the giant part of their name derives from the fact they can weigh more than a large sparrow or a mouse. The wetter family, it turns out, are split into groups of around 70 different types, deriving their name from their native Toreo Mori of Wetapunga, whose literal translation means God of Ugly Things. Fortunately, while our names might be inherited, the individual experience of beauty is not so fixedly prescribed. As I look at the wetter, I see not an ugly creature, but something quite remarkable. A being with delicate limbs, a shell-like casing on his body that has an ancient feel, like I'm stepping back in time. A display of both refinement and resilience existing side by side. More fascinating still, my intuition proves me right. Weta are basically unchanged from when they first appeared approximately 200 million years ago. A living dinosaur, in fact. I think about two degrees of separation. I wonder, as I look at this amazing insect, what the clay of his body remembers. How I'm closer to all the bodies of all the creatures that roamed before by sitting closer to his. I wonder how still I have to sit to make him accept me and not fear me. I wonder what it would take to be a part of his landscape rather than a predator within it. Up until recently, Weta had no natural predators in New Zealand. With no native mammals living here, a fascinating fact we'll explore another day, the Weta took on the role that mice and small rodents do in many countries, eating the leaf litter, berries and seeds. It's even thought they may have been amongst our earliest pollinators, their presence an indication of the ecosystem and well-being of the forest. Humans, it turns out, and the creatures we introduced, have become their greatest threat. Knowledge that grates on me as I sit in the soil and observe. At 44 years old, I have lived the lifespan of 44 giant wetters. And yet, over the cycle of a year, they molt or shed their exoskeleton up to 11 times. In human years, and by my age, that's 484 rounds of shedding skin. I'm not sure I've kept up. You're very good, I tell my giant wetter friend, at letting yourself be new. To learn to shed your skin and leave behind what's no longer relevant or needed is something we can all learn from you. I sit a few moments longer, consider the worries I continue holding on to, the skins I have shed or need to, to allow a new version of myself to take up space. I let my eyes trace the horizon, my gaze moving up the mountain. Weta often live in the high mountains of New Zealand. If we speak of cold, it is there you'll find it. 
with temperatures often reaching below freezing, there's a real possibility of wetters freezing too. And remarkably, that's exactly what they do. To avoid an icy death, the wetter dehydrates every cell in their tiny and great body. A special protein is added to the excess water between cells that acts like ancient antifreeze, allowing for their re-emergence come the spring, from death and back to life. I love that this giant, small creature, the one that we call ugly, the one that treads the undergrowth of the forest, has carried their form through from ancient times, that their footprints bear the signature of ancient lands. I love that this giant, small creature has such strong threads of seasonal connection to allow them to leave this life and return to it just the same. That their body continues to expand to incorporate and not limit to reduce their fullest expression of their form on this planet. The previous versions of themselves left as ghosts on the land they continue to inhabit. What else might we learn from the giant wetter? What are all the ways we can lose our skin and journey back to life? Thank you once again for listening to another beautiful question with me, Jane Pike, and our first version of The Wonder Files. If you like what you heard, please feel free to share, like, and leave a review. This podcast is generously supported by my community over at Substack. If you want to come hang out with us there, we would love that. It is janepike.substack.com that you will find us. Have a fantastic rest of your day.